Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I want to thank you for taking time and checking out today's show. When you get the opportunity, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. You can find this podcast episode, all of the previous 400 plus podcast episodes. You can see the most recent blog post, check out suggested reading, and what's available in the gear store. I want to highlight one thing in particular in the gear store right now. It is the registration for our men's retreat here in Indianapolis once again. Our next men's retreat is September 29th and 30th, 2023, Indianapolis, Indiana. Men, literally all across the globe, are invited for a weekend of worship, food, challenging messages, and opportunities to build strong community. Make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com forward slash gear. It is the first icon listed in the gear store. Men, it's time for today's conversation. All right, we are, we're back out in the garage. Literally, we're out in the garage. The door is up. Beautiful day in early June recording this podcast. The uh, the birds outside by the bird feeder or whatever have lost their mind. And that's typically when the neighborhood chooses to come out of their hibernation as well. When the garage door comes up. So we're out in the garage. We're looking at Leviticus 16. And if you could see my setup. Now there's times where I'll admit I'm going through a portion of scripture and I have basically no notes. Like I feel pretty confident what we're going to talk about, where I believe we're going. And then there's times like today where I feel like, you know what, this is more, this would be more of a kind of a lecture. You kind of need to break it down if you will. I actually have a notebook, my moleskin journal that I carry with me. Um, it's, it's big. It lays flat. I'll use this for I don't know how long. Um, and I kind of broke it down so it makes sense to me. I got some notes here. I got some paper here. I got my Bible here. But I don't want to forget this. Leviticus 16, that is the, the discount coupon code if you want to save. And I don't know why you wouldn't. But if you want to save 15% off of your out in the garage beard bundle, um, you go to darkwaterwoodwork.com. You can check out the show notes. It's all there. And the code, you put the code in. Now, it's all capital letters, one word, so don't, don't mess that up. Uh, you put that in, you save 15% off your out in the garage beard bundle. When you're, while you're there, there's a whole lot more stuff. I just I just wrapped up myself a uh, out in the garage uh, or dark water. I think it was, I don't know if it was out in the garage or not. But anyhow, today, just finished up another uh, dark water uh, beard oil. I'm not a bomb. I'm not a bomb guy. I'm a, I'm a beard oil guy for sure. But I like it because it's not greasy. It lasts well. Goes on easy. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of different beard oils and things through the years. I don't know why I would need to go anywhere else. So I don't know why you would either. But that's your call. Uh, we're looking at Leviticus 16, and as I said, I got a lot of notes and stuff in front of me. And that there again, there are times I feel like okay, we could just kind of walk through this. This is this is a little complicated, but it's incredibly important. I want to say right now, as as we're getting into this, we're only a, you know a handful of, of, of minutes here. Was that two plus right now? The actual podcast portion, and I don't feel like I can do this portion of scripture justice. As a matter of fact, I recorded this episode last night, and uh, you're listening to it weeks later. But I list, I recorded it last night. And as I'm laying in bed, I thought, nope, that's a miss. We're going to have to do that one again. <clears throat> so here I am 
giving it my best shot to try to do it again. It says in Leviticus 16:1, the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron. That's what we did last week. We talked about Leviticus 10. Okay, now we're jumping to 16. A lot of things have happened in there. When they drew near before the drew near before the Lord died, the Lord said to Moses, "Tell Aaron your brother not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die." What do you think Aaron took that serious? Yeah, I think Aaron took it serious. And I'm not making a lie of the situation. I mean, everyone's going to take it serious. For the time being, everyone's going to take it serious what the Almighty is telling them. But in this way, Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. So, I mean, let me just say this. We talk about burnt offerings. We talk, they're talking about consuming the entire animal and... I had lunch with a good guy today from our church at a local barbecue place. Now, we walked into that barbecue place. He and I were both like, we're in the right spot. Like, no question about it. And you know what I'm talking about. If you go into a good restaurant, and this is a restaurant here. We walk in, we say, oh, we're in the right spot. And you... If you, now, if you walked in that same place, let's say, you know, I love the smell of like an old vintage book. You know, you open it up, it has that book smell to it that's now that should be a beard oil right there the old book smell i don't know how many you could sell doug but if you if you if you want to give it a go i'm all for it anyhow if i walk into a barbecue joint and it smells like an old book i say uh we might be in the wrong spot but if i walk into a barbecue place and it smells like something good and like there's a reason why god gave us our senses it's good it's to identify danger. It's to bring back remembrance. There's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to your senses. And so God is serious about these offerings. So in my in my notebook, I made a little, made a little just on the side, wrote it down. Uh, Aaron is to bring a bull. The bull is for the sin offering. He's to bring a ram. That's for the burnt offering. This is going to equal atonement for Aaron. Okay, Aaron is the priest. He's serving. He's making atonement for the sins of the people. But make no question about it, Aaron and his household, they got sin. They got stuff they need forgiveness for. So he's going to offer this. Again, it, it's idea that it would just be um, essentially consuming the whole creature, giving it back to God. So the, the burnt offerings were the, the first sacrifices revealed because they were the ones most frequently offered so it was like every morning and every night numbers talks about that every sabbath again you can find that in numbers uh, the first day of each month at the special feast uh, this this was an offering of repentance for sins committed with the desire to be purged from the guilt of sinful acts so uh, we we you, you guys that love old testament stuff and you love like levitical laws and all these things Imagine what that would have been like. I mean, I, I like the idea of ritual. I really do. I think there's value in ritual. This, this would be a full-blown deal. You know, praise be to God that through Jesus, we can repent of our sins instantly. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have looked there. Shouldn't have, you know, whatever, whatever your thing is, right? You can repent of it instantly. And so if you want, Numbers 20, yeah, Numbers 28 is where you're going to get more insight into this burnt offering approach basically so these were animals that were male without blemish they were the choicest of the flock right and so uh, if you're a bull or a ram or you know whatever it might be a good time to walk around with a little limp 
You know, like, hey, they wanted the best of the It's like Cain and Abel. God said, I want the best. I don't want something. I don't want just okay. I want the best. Consider that when you give your tithes and offerings to the Lord. We're not offering burnt offerings uh, anymore. We don't do that. But when you give to the Lord, do you just give him something? Do you give him just haphazardly? Or do you give him the absolute? Take from the take it right off the top. Just take it off the top. Are you the guy when you do the tip, you have to do math? Or you just say, let me bless the socks off this person. The way some restaurants are today, I'm not sure they have socks on. But, you know, hey, so basically, we're going to be, Aaron's going to make atonement for his family first, okay? And this is where it gets a little complicated. I'm going to do my best, but I'm going to tell you right now, you need to read this. You need to really read this. And I would encourage you, even within your Bible, mark it up. One of the things I've noted in Leviticus 16 is 16 different times, at least in my translation, the ESV, 16 different times, the word atonement is used. You get the idea, God said, this is a really big deal. Atonement, the, the price, the fee, the, the, what was required, a payment for something. Christ is our atoning sacrifice for our sins. He, that was sufficient, what he did. So we look at verse 7. He shall take two goats, set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats. going to roll some dice. Pick short straws, whatever you want to do. One for the, the Lord and one for the other for Azazel. Then Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel. And then we're going to drop down to uh, verse 21. Aaron shall lay both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over all the iniquities of the people of Israel and their transgressions and all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat, send it away into the wilderness by the hand of the man who is in readiness. So there's a guy. He's prepared himself. He's all cleaned up. He's, he's purified. We're going to go. He's going to get this goat out of here. The goat shall bear all the iniquities onto itself to a remote area. He shall let the goat go free into the wilderness." Instead of Azazel, some translations may call that a scapegoat, okay? And so the danger of using the phrase a scapegoat is we use that phrase for everything now. Everything. So with the atonement needed to be made for the sins of the entire congregation, there was, once again, a ram for a burnt offering. The entire ram would be consumed, a perfect ram, male lamb, ram, forgive me. And then there were two goats. Male goat one, male goat two. We're going to cast lots. The lot, maybe one said Lord, maybe one said Azazel. I don't know. And you're going to cast them. And the one that fell to the Lord, that was a sin offering. And you were going to offer it up. You were, you were going to offer it like a burnt offering. You're going to, it's going to be burnt up. And then you had the one that was Azazel, the scapegoat. And it was going to make atonement for the sins to go away. They're both involved in the sin process. Neither goat is really in a good shape because as we typically do as humans, uh, we have to go a little extra. You ever heard that phrase? Someone says you're extra. You can't just be, you have to be extra. Well, that's what we do. So it got to the point where the Jewish people, as they were settling in cities and things, they would take the scapegoat and instead of just letting it go out the gate, locking it, saying, good luck, see you. You don't want this goat with all the sins on it running through camp. You want to make sure one guy is going to lead it away now in my mind i always kind of envisioned 
like this little goat sadly walking away as if it was being abandoned and maybe a, maybe a bell around its neck. I don't know why I thought it had a bell, but it would just kind of walk away, kind of fade out. That would be the end. I, I don't know if that was the case. So you're sending it out. So when I say they started to build cities and things, you build cities, you build walls, you build fences, whatever. They would take the goat and throw it over the wall as essentially to, to kill it. Okay, so it was going to die in the wilderness. No question about it. I mean, it's cut off from everyone, whatever. It's going to die. Nope, we had to go extra. We had to make sure that it would be dying. Yeah, basically, this really brutal death. So that, that's how we do things. So this scapegoat essentially was the goat of removal, removal, right? That's what Christ does for us. He removes our sins. He removes the, the, the penalty of our sins. Psalm 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, so he's removed our transgressions our sins from us now i know there's people that don't like the word sin well you're gonna really hate the word hell a lot worse all right um you can call it whatever you lawlessness you know whatever you want to call it uh it, it it's it's rebellion towards god rebellion towards god so uh, god is making a big deal of this atonement it was for people to understand the weight and the penalty of sin here's these two goats Innocent goats, if you will, and they're both going to die. They've been selected to die. And so, this again, this idea is that they would be a representation of making atonement, a ransom. So, a, a, to atone, an offering by substitution, to forgive, to, 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 uh, to pardon, you know, like we do at Thanksgiving for like a turkey, right? Uh, to, to appease the wrath, if you will. So this idea was this, this, you know, atonement was, was the priest was going to make this sacrifice, one goat for a purification offering, lay the hands on the other goat, the living goat, confess all the wickedness, all the rebellion of the people. I don't know if this is in detail. I, I, I'm not studied enough to say exactly how this is all going down, but this is going beyond the, the ordinary sacrifices for atonement. So you're talking about sins that you willfully did. You did it because you may didn't know, whatever, covered all the sins, okay? And so on this day, all the people would see this, the sight, the sounds, the sins, everything, and know their sins are forgiven because they were symbolically placed on this scapegoat, which is essentially led out of the city to a solitary place to eventually die. The goat sent into the wilderness, and that's that's the end of that. And so we look at this. If 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 you know your Bible, you could see there's a tremendous amount of similarities to what's being done here, and to what Jesus did for us. So you have. Let's start with Aaron. You have Aaron, who is a sinner in need of atonement. So before he could offer sacrifices before he can make atoning sacrifices for the sins of the people what happened he needed his sins forgiven you see that's why you don't need to go to a person and confess your sins and say you know hey i did this this is uh believe me that person has sinned too okay people don't need to come to me and confess their sins we can go to god through jesus when jesus died that temple curtain was torn from top to bottom what have people done through history tried to sew it back together God said, no, that's done. That's over. We don't, we don't do that anymore. So Jesus, the opposite of Aaron, if you will, was pure and sinless, and it was in absolute no need for atonement. For Aaron, 
he's going to have to repeat these sacrifices. He's going to have to go out and get a bull and a ram for himself each time. He's going to have to go out and get himself a couple goats, get himself another ram for the people. He's going to have to sharpen the meat cleaver. He's going to have to get it going, right? Going to say, okay, it's, it's go time. Hey, Bob, I need to, I need some goats from you. How are they looking this year, right? He's going to need to do that. Um, Jesus, though, one time, one time, you, you will ne- they will never get their hands on Jesus ever again. An eternal redemption that was secured by the perfect sacrifice. So for Aaron, there were kind of these rituals that would gain entrance into this earthly sanctuary that was representing the presence of God. Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. He is in the sanctuary, the place where uh, he will be forevermore. And we will be with him forever because of this sacrifice, this death, you know, gaining this entrance into what would be the true tabernacle. Aaron, uh, these, these constant sacrifices were a reminder of a need to atone for sin. Once again, and Hebrews 10 talks about this, Christ's sacrifice secured forgiveness forever there's nothing you and i can do that can outdo the sacrifice of jesus there's nothing we can do that would ever earn our salvation there's nothing we can ever do that could ever minimize what christ did on the cross now there are people who say i think i'm good i'll take my chances and you'll scapegoat yourself right on out the door, I guarantee, and you will die in a misery. If you got a plan B that's more accurate than plan A, there was one to come who would make an atoning, a perfect sacrifice, the exact needed sacrifice for your sins and my sins and everyone's sins, who was going to die on the cross, who didn't deserve it at all, tore to shreds on our behalf. So that we can have a relationship with him. And there'll be people that say, nah. Just read Matthew 8 today. They say, they begged Jesus to get out of their town. Why? Because he had some pigs go over the hill. So just can't, just can't deal with it. Just can't deal with it. You would rather shoo Jesus out of your village to pursue a deceptive comfort for a very limited time. You've imagined how long eternity is. We can't even fathom it. And you realize we are a heartbeat away from eternity. If I were you, I would make sure I reconciled that sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Now, I I wouldn't wait any longer. And if you're not sure about it, you're not sure if you've reconciled it, you're not sure where you're at with that, you got some questions, get around a godly man, someone that you trust, someone that you have a relationship with, and, and have that conversation. Hey, how do I make this right? How do I make sure that I haven't, I don't cheapen this, but I understand what the, the weight and the value and the internal significance of what Christ did. How do I do that? How do I make sure I get right with Jesus? And then do it. Get in the word, learn. Blessed are those who not only hear the word, but actually do it. Don't look at yourself in the mirror and then walk away and what you forget, forget what you look like, but do it. There's a lot of men that know a lot of things. They're just failing to do the things. And man, we're not we don't we're not doing that here. We're going to raise the standard. We're going to challenge one another to raise the standard of what it means to be to look like 
to live like, to sound like a man of God. Amen. Once again, men, I want to thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Now, one more thing before you go. I want to encourage you, would you consider joining The Herd? The Herd is a $5 a month monthly subscription to the Pursuit of Manliness. These men who are in The Herd, they not only get bonus podcast content, but they're also a part of a community that has ongoing conversations, monthly Zoom calls, and more. For just $5 a month, you can help keep this ministry moving forward. You can also gather with like-minded brothers across the globe. Men, thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.